Hi, Mike. <laughs> Listen, I am feeling so good today. My mic sounds so nice. <laughs> Let's get into it. Hey. <laughs> Big my mind was changed. I'm glad you made I'm glad you made intoxicated. It. Thank you. Divide to me. I'm the end, baby. You know. In the rush, I went ahead where the time goes. You're going to show me now. Hey, I didn't have one too many drinks. And I know that you feel me the way I feel. Thank you. And it's cool. Welcome, welcome to uh, another episode, episode 12 of the Anything About Everything podcast, bitch. I am your host, <laughs> Miss Jet, a.k.a. the Pink Lady, a.k.a. the Muse, a.k.a. Quazilla. Now, I've gotten some, uh, you know, inquiries as to where the a.k.a.s come from, okay? The Pink Lady, listen, when I was in my 20s and, and, and even my early 30s, Pink, and it's it, to, a, to a certain extent, Pink is still my judge. Like, it's just... It's just a color that makes me happy. It's one of my favorite colors, if not my top favorite color. Um, I would wear it a lot. I still do in certain instances, definitely when I work out. So pink is just one of those colors that just makes me feel fabulous. Um, the Muse, well, well, <laughs> um, I've been called a Muse several times um, from, you know, friends, from romantic partners, from acquaintances, from people online. Um, it's just a, a badge of honor that I wear. I, I feel like a muse is just someone who inspires people to do things, um, that they probably, you know, would not do other <laughs> under normal circumstances. So I wear it, you know what I'm saying? Uh, under my, under my museness, I've inspired people to get college degrees and, uh, find partners and up their income and all kinds of shit. So listen, if, if I inspired you to do something positive or, you know, live life to the fullest, then, hey, I wear it. I wear it proudly. So, a.k.a. the muse. And Quadzilla, listen, my quads are just out of control. <laughs> like, they, they've always been out of control. Even when I was down to a size three, the biggest thing on me were always my legs. So, um, when I was powerlifting, uh, th that remained true. And, but except my legs were just nuts. And so... That was one of the, the nicknames that the crew that I used to lift with actually uh, dubbed, we, dubbed me with was Quadzilla. So, yeah, there are a few other AKAs, I'm sure, out there. Uh, you know, they call me a lot of names, couple to my face. You know what's up. <laughs> you know what's up. You know what's up. So, anyways, moving on to 
the shout outs. The, listen, shout out to the listeners because we are small, but we are mighty. Okay. Cause I have people that literally hit me up and like, yo, listen, I listen every week. They're sending me, you know, content to inspire me. They're sending me songs. They're sending me, uh, topics. They're sending me books, sending me all kinds of things. Like the influx of love has just been overwhelming and I can't express enough how much it is that you all keep me going. Even when, you know, there are times when I'm tired, there are times when I don't necessarily have the energy to record the way I want to. Uh, there were a few mid episodes. Y'all chewed on that shit, spit it out and came back next week. So I really just want to express my uh, appreciation and my gratitude because let me tell you, I know y'all don't got to be here. Like I really do. And so I can't express it enough. Thank you so much. Uh, shout out to the ATL. Listen, I see you. I love you. Um, shout out to LA. Shout out to Texas, Houston, Texas, to be specific, because um, I, I get a lot of listenership from there. Um, shout out to my hometown, L.A. Hey, listen, no matter where I go in this world, in this life, I will always be a girl from Los Angeles, California. It, it is what it is. Like, I mean, L.A. is that's that's like, you know, that's the not the blueprint, but that's the foundation. You know, it's where I get uh, my my savvy swag from, you know, um, I, it, it just is what it is. Also, you know, shout out to New York. You know, my mother is from Queens, Queens, New York. And, you know, without her input uh, and imprinting on me, I wouldn't be um, the person that I am right now today, which is still a person in, in you know, in um in the works. Okay. In progress. I'm nowhere near the person that I'm trying to become, but I'm on the way. How about that? You know, he ain't through with me yet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I'm just saying like, you can still get cussed out. Like it is what it is. I'm still petty at the end of the day, but you know, without my mother, without, without Queens, New York, without LA, there's just certain things that I just wouldn't be me, you know? So, um, I just want to give a special shout out to those places as well. Also, let me give a extra shout out to the international listeners. Japan, I see you, Japan. Um, I also see you, Belgium. Japan, to have listeners from Japan is actually really, really crazy to me because I consider my, I consider Japan home away from home for me. I have never felt safer than when I was in Japan, when I was stationed in Japan for two and a half years. Let me tell you something. You haven't lived until you've gotten your nails done at three o'clock in the morning. It's different. Okay. Like it is different. I remember being smashed. Like, I mean, cause over there they have these all you can drink bars, right? So you pay like 40, uh, 4,000 yen, which is basically like 40 bucks, right? You go in there, you drink your face off. Okay. Literally. And some people did, <laughs> right? Some people did. We hope the pictures don't resurface. <laughs> so you go in there, you pay your you pay your money, and you get your life right. Uh, and the, and the, another thing, their their bars they really don't close. So uh, there have been times when I walked in and it was nighttime. It was you know twelve o'clock, one o'clock in the morning. Next thing you know, I'm walking out. It's seven in the morning. I'm like, fam, where did the night go? <laughs> Shout out to my friends who lied to me to make me stay out longer. You know, you know who you are. Um, so I remember there was this one time I was in Osaka, Japan. And, you know, the girl, I just, I get this like wanderlust thing where I just want to just go. 
And so it was about three o'clock in the morning. I was like, I'm just going to walk outside. I'll find you smashed. This was so dangerous. Like now that I think about it, I'm like, girl, you could have got kidnapped, kidney sold online. Like, I mean, seriously, like it, it was, it was mad dangerous, but you know, you live and you learn <laughs> older, wiser. So I walk outside, I go, you know, I'm walking around, I'm, I'm heading back to the club and I'm like, there's a nail shop open. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck is a nail shop being open? Like at three o'clock in the morning, I had never seen anything like this. I'm like, bitch, I'm going to go get my shit done. This is how stupid I was. <laughs> because let me tell you something. Who else can say that they went in with one set of nails uh, to the club, left out and got a new set and hit them with a new set of nails, bitch? Me. Okay. That's who. I can say it. <laughs> so, oh my God. Uh, I remember being... Uh, I wasn't blackout drunk, but I was definitely on the way. And uh, they put on the only American thing that they could think to put on, which was like Mariah Carey unplugged, which I appreciate because I love that performance. So I'm sitting there getting to like a full set like at three o'clock in the morning, watching Mariah Carey smashed, smashed. Next thing I know, you know, I get done. It's about four. <laughs> like, cause they were, they were actually relatively quick. It's about four in the morning. I go outside, go to a little ramen spot. And by spot, I mean a little truck on the corner, which have the best, has the best ramen. If you ever go to Japan, don't go, don't try to look up the, you know, the Japanese restaurants with the five star. No, look, just walk around and go to the little trucks, the little trucks that be on the side of the road. Those little, little carts have the best ramen you will ever have in your fucking life. I promise you. I still dream about that ramen. Okay. Listen, it's different. Went up there, got my little ramen fix, went back to the club. My friends was like, hey, <laughs> I was like, hey, what's going on? So, hey, you know, I had a lot of fun. I, I, I have so many fond memories from Japan. In fact, two of my tattoos that I have are from Japan, My, you know, to commemorate my time that I spent over there. So Japan means a lot to me. So to have listeners that are in Japan, it's just, oh, I can't even explain to you. Uh, you know, the joy and gratitude that I feel. Also, Belgium. Belgium. Um, I'm a cyclist, okay? <laughs> at, the, at the end of the day, I'm a cyclist. And if you know anything about the cycling community, Belgium, it means a lot, you know, to the cycling community worldwide. So to have uh, listeners there as well, oh, amazing. Thank you. Um, so moving on. Shout out to black business owners. Love y'all. I see y'all. Keep doing what you do. We need more of y'all put to put back into the community and everything. You know, keep doing your thing. I know it's a I know it's a grind. I know it's a hustle. About every week, my cousin who owns her own uh, beauty salon out in uh, in Hayward, California, who I shouted out last week. Shout out Jesse. Love you. Um, She'll call me up with, you know, just gripes and, and complaints, you know, mainly some from customers, some from problems with the business, some from like just people not being genuine. You know, a lot of people say, Hey, I support you, but they don't really be supporting <laughs> the same with content creators. Like motherfuckers will say they support you, but they will never repost your shit. They will never fucking share your shit. They won't even send your shit in a text message. We, we ain't going, and don't get me wrong, I appreciate the listeners, okay, and I see y'all, I get it, but at the same time, it's like, you know, if you see somebody trying to do something, you definitely got, you know, big them up, because, 
you never know what they're struggling with that week or whatever. And of course, this isn't about me because I, I appreciate every single one of my listeners. Okay. But you know, I definitely see some, some business owners that are like, yo, like people say, oh yeah, you should start a business. You should start this. You should start that. And then when they start it, it's like crickets, like, like literally things will pay you dust and, or they'll ask for, they'll continuously ask for the discount. And it's like, bitch, I got a business to run. Don't ask me for no discount. Like I get it. If I, if I offer it, that's one thing. But if you see, I'm trying to get up off the ground, Hey, listen, do your friend a solid and pay full price. Okay. Don't be cheap. All right. Cause if you wouldn't go up into, you know, Macy's or Publix or whatever, asking for a random ass discount. I'm not talking about a, uh, um, what's it call it? A, uh, a promotional discount. I'm talking about regular, regular ass discount. Just, Oh, let, I know the, I know the girl working the register. Let me get a discount. No. Like if you wouldn't do that, at a regular establishment or, or at a, a known establishment, don't do that to your friends. That's fucked up. Pay full price. Okay. Um, with that being said, that's, that's my rant for, for the business owners for, or the, for the, for the fake supporters of business owners. Um, so anyway, shout out to black business owners. I love y'all. I see y'all shout out to content creators. Listen, how the question really is because there are a lot of people that start start off as content creators. Right. But I want to know how many of y'all are, have the audacity to be consistent. Okay. And I mean the unmitigated gall nigga to be consistent. I listen, it's different. Okay. Um, not many people, we're going to get into it. We're going to get into it later on in the value added conversation. But you know, some people that will tell you, Hey dude, you got a great voice. You're funny. You're this, you're that start a podcast. You know how many podcasts start? <laughs> like, do you know on a weekly basis, I dare you to Google it. And how many podcasts don't make it past episode five? We'll get into it though. We'll get into it. We'll get into it. So anyways, Hey, listen, be sure to follow us. Uh, at anything about everything pod on IG. Also, you know, you can follow my personal page, Ravenclaw Libra at underscore IG on, um, on Instagram as well. That's my personal page. Don't come in my be- my DMS with some bullshit cause I will block you. <laughs> okay. My block, my block finger is strong. Okay. It is. But you know, if you come at me with some, you know, Hey, how you doing? Love the podcast. I'd be like, if you come at me with some, hey, listen, uh, shorty with that mouth, do I will slap the shit out of you virtually. Okay, so <laughs> that's all I have to say. And if you don't think I can do it, try me. That's all I'm, that's all I'm saying. Anyways, moving on. I realized this week why I, um, I'm not a DJ. I did. The reason why I'm not a DJ is because, um, Motherfuckers don't be knowing music and it's really infuriating. So my in-laws are here. Love, my, love my in-laws really do. Okay. Um, but like most people, they tend to stick to the top 40 hits. And so, you know, we have dinner the other night, last night, really. And, you know, we're vibing. I'm playing, I'm playing the tunes cause I'm the designated DJ in the house because I love music. It's my thing. You know what I mean? It's my husband has his thing. My mother-in-law has her thing. I have my thing. My thing is music. Okay. I'm playing the tunes, setting the vibe. 
Motherfuckers are looking at me stupid because I'm playing Masego because <laughs> they've never heard of Masego. I'm like, okay, let me play something, you know, regular degular. I put on some Chris Brown. They're like, hey, now the fucking party's turning up. I'm like, man, if y'all don't get out of here. Are you serious right now? This is my favorite song. I play, I play this all the time. Like, I real DJs, shout out to y'all because I, 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 it, it just must be hurtful. Okay, it must be hurtful and disrespectful, really, for people to not appreciate the gems that you are dropping. Okay, they just, you know, paying the dust. And then, you you know, you drop a top 40 hit and then the party goes up. It's insane. Mind you, the top 40 hit is not necessarily better than, you know, the unknown artist. It's just, it's just that the top 40 hit is made, has been made by a known artist. You know, people are just lazy when it comes to music. We'll get into that, too, because, you know, Bruno Mars and Anderson Pack just dropped a gem. And, you know, some of y'all, some of y'all just, y'all about to be late. But I'm going to put y'all on. I'm going to put y'all on because that's what I do. That's what I do. Anyways, we're going to move on to the drink of the pie. Listen, you might notice my energy is up. It's up, up, up. Uh, <laughs> we are having Simply Peach and what's this? Crown Right. Crown Royal Peach, actually. I'm drinking brown. I never drink brown, ever, really. So, y'all pray for me, okay? So, hopefully I don't get into any fights. <laughs> Just kidding, I won't. I won't. I'm, I'm tame now. Back in my 20s, though, I was, you know, the crown was dangerous. It was dangerous for those around me. So, with that being said, listen, let's move on to the songs of the pod. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the songs of the pod. Listen, we're going to put some, you know, known artists in there, you know, to appease you, you guys. <laughs> but we're also going to put some, you know, some not some new shit and, you know, you know, some stuff that I just found. It's going to be a nice mix. OK, just, you know, rock with me for a second. So this first one, this first song of the pod, Chris Brown Heat. Listen, he was giving strong Kappa vibes in this video. Strong Kappa vibes. Sweater and everything. Hey, you like it what you see? Everything designer that's on me. That's why the when I walk. Looking like you, just trying to fuck. Yeah, this trip got you in heat. It's jumping, baby girl, hop on these D. Yeah, hop on it. She's trying to fuck. Yes, ma'am. She's like, baby, hold on tight. Don't tell you guys what. I like to eat. She know. I mean, you know. Throw it, it's come getting out the. I wanna get it. Hey. All that ass for my people. Baby, we gon' keep it simple. I need all that love on me. I can see a cap and nigga strolling. Watch the Kappa Stroll. I, I, I implore you to just get on the YouTube and get your life. Ladies, get your life. Men, look away. Okay. <laughs> look away. Hey, he had the sweater on and everything. Charlie Brown sweater. <laughs> hey, listen, that was Chris 
ground with heat off of indigo. Just one of my faves. It's that's my judge right there. I'm not even gonna lie. Every time I um you know, find myself DJing in the living room. That's one of those songs that I just have to put on. And so, um, you know, shout out to Chris. That was a, that's a vibe right there. Next up on the songs of the pod, we have Bruno Mars, Anderson Pac, and Silk Sonic. And let me tell you something. Music lovers will appreciate this. Music lovers have sent me this song. I've gotten this song five times in my inbox. I'm not even kidding you. People were like, yo, 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 have you heard this? Like, have you heard it? Have you heard it, sis? Listen, and mind you, I was probably listening to it when they sent it to me because music lovers, this is what we do. We share the, we share the vibes. It's what we do. So shout out to everybody that sent this to me because I love you and I appreciate you. Um, this is giving me, this is 70s all day. 70s all day. This is, this is giving me Bootsy Collins. I mean, oh, I just, yes. What? Don't play with me. This is, this might even be like late 60s. to that song all day i had the songs picked i'm not even gonna hold you i had the songs picked today but i heard that song and i was like well <laughs> i guess we changing the lineup nigga <laughs> i guess we are changing the lineup so um you know shout out to bruno mars and anderson pack for putting that song out because I, I hope they do an album i need an album of that i i i need it in my life it's just i want to run to it I want to vibe to it. I want to work to it. I want to live to it. Listen, 
I don't want to say what else I want to do. To- Anyways, shut up. I'm going to shut up. <laughs> so, <laughs> moving on. Listen to the last song I'm going to find, yo, before we move into the possible, because the possible is actually is fire, in my opinion. Okay. Um, the, uh, the last song of the pot is King. Uh, we are uh, Red Eye. I've been really vibing to this song for the last week or so. Um, this whole album, fire. I it's a slow jam. You know I was gonna slow it down. Come on now. I know it's hard to follow up Bruno now, but the chorus, everything. into the crevices of you listen all i can say is bitch you better be thankful be thankful honey um moving on to the last well the actually the possible we're gonna move into the possible i found this artist while getting my hair done actually um shout out to my hairstylist she's amazing hey promise see you on saturday boo love you um she was playing the tunes because she knows, you know, we're both music lovers. And this group came on called Phony People. And I was like, oh, my ears perked up. I was like, who, who is this? Who is this? 
2015. It's crazy how much good music came out in the, I mean, in the teens, in the 20 teens. Cause, oh my God, this is, it sounds real internetish, real internetish. And I love it. I just love it. That's why I love the moon. It's a little hipster. Every night it's there for school. Basically, what he's saying is I love the It's constant. <laughs> okay. Unlike these human beings. Because the moon is always there, boo. Who lie about what it seems to be. Hey. Yes. You think the earth is where you say. Possible because it's my because it's my it's my fucking podcast and I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. Um, this song I found myself running to it and listen, just a jam, a real jam. It's Sir with John Redcorn. Okay, wrote kind of sad song, but I'm a moody person, so alone, every night alone. That's why I love gonna be a deep ass topic <laughs> that's, that's not gonna be a medium dive nigga that's gonna be a full on 
Like, <laughs> that's going to be a deep dive because most artists, any artist that I've ever come across and, you know, uh, have listened to in interviews or talked to, they've always talked about pain and struggle. Um, even even comedians, even people who make us laugh and make us happy. And, and to a certain extent, most, you know, art forms are meant to make us laugh, make us think, make us you know, ponder upon things and try to make this life that we live, um, a better place or a better life. But, you know, sometimes shit, yo, the, the, the process is what's painful. And sometimes you got to put yourself, you sometimes you got to walk through the fire to, to be able to come out, you know, on the other side, you know, pressure builds diamonds, fire builds diamonds. So that's all I got to say on that for right now. Later on, though, we're going to have a conversation about it. Not today. We ain't ready for it today, honey. But later on, we going to have a conversation. <laughs> so with that being said, those were the songs of the pod. We'll be right back with the Pop and Bop segment. If you're enjoying any part of this podcast, be sure to like, share, and subscribe to this podcast wherever you consume your podcast content. Listen, whether you're here for the value-added conversation, for the music selection, for the value-added conversation, for the sex advice, honey, listen, get your life. Also, be sure to share this podcast with a friend. If we all share this podcast with one friend, then we can actually build this, uh, this community up and we can all learn and grow together. That is the point of the Anything About Everything podcast. So with that being said, be sure to like, share, and subscribe to this podcast wherever you consume your podcast content. And now let's get back to the show. Ayo, welcome to the Pop and Bob segment. Okay, this is going to be real quick because we are already at 34 fucking minutes. <laughs> and I'm not trying to, you know, keep y'all here all day, all night, or whenever you are listening to this and consuming this content. So the first things, first things first. Listen, I know that some of y'all will be shocked. And I mean, just, you're, you're, you're not going to know what, what hits you, okay? But I'm willing to admit that I was wrong. <laughs> I'm willing to admit that I was wrong, okay? And I know this is not, this is not new for some of y'all. A woman admitting that she is wrong is like, for some, not all. Cause you know, we don't generalize here, but for some, it's like not, it's, it's, it's definitely a new concept. So listen, last week I came on here and I, I trashed Drea. I did. I did. Uh, I didn't trash Jocelyn as much, but I definitely trashed Drea. After I trashed her, Lisa Ray came out and said, Hey, listen, I, you know, I could see it. <laughs> so. Uh, with that being said, hey, listen, I love Drea. I love everybody. So this has, it was not about me, about anything personal against Drea or anything like that. Um, in fact, because I don't know her personally, so how could it be, right? Um, I've watched Drea in different, you know, TV shows and stuff like that. But in terms of liking her or knowing her, is she likable? Eh, not really. But... Can she visually, can she pull off the part of Diamond in a reboot of the Players Club, which I don't think should happen anyway? Yes, 
absolutely. She's got the look. Baby girl is fine. Fine, fine. I feel like I'm fine. One, one fine. She's two. <laughs> okay, definitely two. So, yeah, no, she could definitely pull off a diamond. Okay, she's the, she's got the look. So, absolutely, absolutely, girl, get your life. And if Ice Cube wants to make that happen, more power to him. And I, at that stage of the game, when we're talking about putting together a film, it's a numbers game. They're trying to garner the biggest audience that they can so that, you know, the sales and the streams and the views will be um, through the roof. So I get it. I totally get it. And, and Dre has a big following. She's got a large fan base. She's a successful business owner. Who am me to judge? No one. Okay. Not high. So listen, Dre, get your life. If they do tap you for, for Diamond, baby girl, do your thing. Okay, do what you got to do and play play that that iconic role to the best of your ability because you know we remember, okay, we remember what Lisa Ray did and it's it's a tough act to follow. Speaking of tough acts to follow, um, and this is why I say this is gonna be real quick, just a, just a, just a few things. Coming to America two came out today. I'm recording on Friday. Listen. I haven't seen it yet. I plan on watching it. I don't know when the fuck I'm going to do that because I have a final next week and also two tests on Saturday. Or not sun Saturday, but Sunday. So I don't know when I'm going to watch it, but I do plan on watching it. I will say this, though. I'm just going to give a word of caution, word of advice, if you will. Um, be careful, okay? Don't go into this thinking that it's going to be the same magic and splendor that was that we remember from the first coming to America. Meaning don't compare the two. I'm not saying that the second one is not going to be great. They bought some big names together. They, they bought, I, I was listening to an interview with Arsenio Hall and he even said that, you know, Eddie tapped the original writers for coming to America one that, that, you know, wrote on coming to America one he tapped them in for coming to America too. Um, the the people that were tapped to design the costumes were ama were amazing. First of all, Tiana Taylor, fucking, let's. I'm just saying, Mama is fierce. She's amazing. So I don't. I mean, with the talent that they've brought together for this project, I don't see how it could be trash. And they got James Earl Jones. They could like he's still alive and kicking. Like, uh, come on. I don't see how it could be trash. However, I just don't think that we should compare it to the first one because the first one, it, it, it's indescribable. Me, I remember being a young girl, probably six years old, six, seven years old, watching it and having, especially for black kids that were, you know, watching that film back in those days, you probably never seen yourself depicted in that way depicted as royalty depicted as you know strength and pride you never you probably never even seen a black world like that where you know from every everyone from the king to you know the servants were black but more importantly everybody it, the king the queen the princes the princesses you know, the rich men in, 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 in another country, the rich businessman or the well-to-do, he wasn't necessarily rich, but he was definitely well-to-do living in Jamaica estates. 
And let me tell you something. My mother is from Jamaica. Every time we watched that movie, that was one of the reasons why we watched that movie is because it was filmed as Jamaica, Queens. And she was like, listen, Jamaica States is different. Okay. <laughs> Jamaica Estates, that's where the rich people live. In fact, your boy 45 was from Jamaica Estates. She hates that. <laughs> she really does. Most people who are from Jamaica Estates fucking hate that. But hey, listen, he's from Jamaica Estates. What you going to do? He, he is. So, you know, it's not, I, I'm not saying that it's not going to have that same feel. Hell, Samuel Jackson was in that movie. Most people don't even realize that old Sam was in that movie. The robber that robbed McDowell's. Are we going to see the fucking robber from McDowell's? Probably not. <laughs> okay, so probably not. So it is, I'm, I'm just saying, let's, but it's those little nuggets that brought something different to the movie you know what i'm saying it's every because like i said everybody for the most part they only have one or two white actors i mean was it louis anderson he was one of the uh, cashiers at, uh in mcdowell's there was only a few little white you know white characters and at the time that was a big fucking deal at the time they really didn't know what to do with that because they're like oh my god is, are they, is this what the world is supposed to look like? All black people, one or two whites? Like, it was it was a big deal. I remember when Boomerang came out. The whole article came out. And they were like, I mean, this, this is like anti-racism. And, you know, all kinds of shit. And, you know, of course, Eddie Murphy addressed that article with grace and was like, listen, obviously this writer has an issue because... You know, when when a white film comes out and there's only one or two black people, if that, no one bats a fucking eyelash. No one. But, you know, when Boomerang came out, they were like, oh, my God, is this corporate America without without the whites? Like, I mean, like, you know, they're like, who's running that office? Like it, it was it was a whole thing. So when Boomerang came and Boomerang uh, came out uh, a few years after coming to America, but it was it had the same premise. It was. Not the same premise, but it had a similar uh, casting in terms of being majority black. Um, and I, for one, I really want to thank publicly, thank Eddie Murphy for putting those films out and giving a, a little black girl something positive to look at. Um, even when I was, you know, a young kid watching Robin Givens and Holly Berry and himself and, you know, uh, Martin Lawrence in professional settings. I had never seen anything like that before, but I remember looking at that and I was like, specifically Robin Gibbons' character. I was like, she's fucking boss. I saw I just want to be her. And in the middle of somebody's office, like in a boardroom, bitch, in a, in a suit, honey, just, you know, weave flawless. <laughs> I loved her, even though she was a man eater, and you know. But seriously, I loved I loved her character. I, I loved the whole, you know. Both of those films specifically, even Golden Child, I loved Golden Child too. But those two films had a huge impact on my life, and I just want to thank Eddie Murphy specifically, um, publicly for that. With that being said, please do not go into this thinking that you will see or, or have that same nostalgic feeling that you had when you first watched um, Coming to America because you're setting yourself up for failure. 
Don't do it. That's all I'm saying. Okay. And the reason why I'm saying it is because it's not the first one. Okay. <laughs> and we're also 30 plus years older now <laughs> so, or 25 or whatever. So, um, with that being said, we're going to move on now into the value added conversation. Okay. God, this is going to be a long podcast. I had some shit to say this podcast. Jesus. Uh, anyways, we're going to move on to the value added com- uh, conversation. It's going to be real, real quick. I promise. Yo, welcome, 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 everybody. Everyone's, everyone's. No, I'm just playing. Just kidding. Uh, welcome to the value added conversation. Listen, uh, we're going to keep this short and sweet because we're already 44 minutes in, which is crazy. This is nuts. So uh, today we're just going to be talking about resilience. Okay. I was inspired by uh, my former boss, my former professor, uh, my mentor from afar, um, Dr. Celicia Thompson. She is amazing. Uh, she's a college professor, entrepreneur, successful uh, entertainment manager. Uh, listen, working for her opened my eyes to so many new avenues of creating streams of, of income. Also, you know, just opening my eyes to get me to, to think outside of the box. Cause let me tell you something, uh, coming out of, you know, 15 years retiring, um, out of the military, my, my brain was very much in the box. <laughs> okay. It was, uh, it was not, it was not out of, I, I didn't think out of the box at all. In fact, I was very much, you know, just structure. Um, and, and it structure is good sometimes, but it can also lead to you being a little, a little bit rigid and, um, you know, not, living to your fullest potential. So, um, shout out to her. She has a book coming out called the resilience factor, um, where she talks about being resilient, um, as an entrepreneur and as a business person, you know, we're, we're living in a whole ass pandemic. (laughs) Okay. Business owners are forced to think of ways to keep themselves afloat. So that's one of the reasons why I wanted to give a shout out to business owners and entrepreneurs, um, at the top of the show. So what is resilience? Resilience, the definition, the capacity to recover quickly from difficulties, okay, that toughness, mental toughness, physical toughness even, the ability of a substance or object to spring back into shape, elasticity. So um, we have a saying in the Marine Corps called, you know, adapt and overcome, okay, and that's what we're talking about, how do you be resilient, you know, sometimes they're going to ask, you're going to ask to get to do things that you don't want to do, okay, Um, that make no sense. And, um, you, you're going to have to learn to adapt and succeed in less than ideal conditions. And that's what we find ourselves in. That's what we've found ourselves in, not only in 2019, but 2020, uh, and now, you know, 2021, 2021, I've been said it, it it's very 2020 ish. Okay. Um, things are starting to opening, uh, starting to open back up, but it's still very much like we're still in a whole ass pandemic. People are still dying. People are still getting sick. There's like some weird stomach blood going around. It's a whole thing. So listen, <laughs> uh, you have to be resilient. Okay. And, and anything, um, if you are not, I mean, how are you really going to be successful when the hard times come? Because they're going to come. Nothing is, just placid and, and safe. Okay. Um, what happens when the business goes under, what happens when your partner leaves you, what happens when you get, you know, a bad word from the doctor and they tell you, Hey, listen, uh, we got some fighting to do, you know, <laughs> what, what are you going to do? Are you going to crumble or are you going to, you know, stand on your two feet and figure it out? Um, 
Kev on stage, and this will be my last point on, um, on this. Kev on stage put out a video recently regarding podcasts, right? And I, I, I reposted it because I was like, oh, this just, <laughs> this is it right here. This is, this is resilience, what he's describing. He said, people ask him all the time, um, what's, what's your advice to podcasters? Um, if you were thinking about starting a podcast, what, you know, what would you tell that person? And he said, listen, if you are prepared to do a hundred episodes straight, consistently, no breaks. Okay. Or no, you know, no significant breaks in, in there. If you're willing to do a hundred episodes of your, your show with no monetization and very little audience, then you should start a podcast. Okay then you should start a podcast. But if you're not prepared to go through the throes of developing a show, of getting, you know, equipment as you go on, because let's be clear, your first couple podcasts gonna suck. All right. It just is what it is. Unless you are backed by some sort of corporate sponsor or unless you, um, you know, already have an audience and, you know, you have the money to fund, to really pour into your, to your show, your first couple episodes going to be trash. I can't even listen to the first couple episodes of this show. <laughs> okay. Like, because I was, I was still recording shit from my phone. It was like a whole thing. Can't, I, I can't even, I can't even, but it, what he was saying is, Hey, listen, there are a lot of shows that come and go. A lot of shows, the majority of podcasts don't even make it past seven to 10 episodes. That's just facts. Um, that's a, a real statistic. I've, met, I've read it several times. Rolling Stone, uh, The Atlantic, New York Times. The majority of shows that come out, they never make it past seven to 10 episodes. You know why? Because it's a tremendous amount of work that you don't get paid for on the front end. Okay. You're basically making an investment in time, in time and in resources. So if you're not prepared to put in the long haul, you're just going to frustrate yourself. So you might as well not do it anyway. Now, I don't say he, he wasn't saying that to be cruel. What he was saying is, hey, listen, do the podcast or do your YouTube show, you know, do your YouTube channel, whatever. Just be prepared that if you don't already have an organic audience, you're going to have to grow one organically. And guess what? That takes time. It takes time. So, you know, do you have the resilience to do so? Do you have the resilience factor to stand up and be like, you know what? Um, the audacity, right? It's it really, you ha it, that's really what it is. Do you have the audacity to say, you know what? I don't give a fuck if y'all don't listen <laughs> like, or if y'all don't know me, eventually you're going to, you know what I mean? Do you have the audacity to say that and then put action behind that audacity? Then start a podcast or then start a YouTube channel. But if you don't, then, you know, hey, listen, you can start it. But just understand that eh, it might not, you know, it might not pop the way you think it's going to, the way you think it should. There are a lot of people that put out great shows that never get heard because after a few shows, they're like, eh, you know, ain't nobody listening. I got 22 listens on my shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or whatever. I got 12 listens on my shit. I got 20 listens on my shit. How many, how many podcasts, you know, uh, come out and they never break a hundred views. It's crazy. It, but there are a lot. <laughs> okay. Um, you know, so with that being said, if you are thinking of starting a podcast, if you're thinking of starting any type of content show or a business, 
thinking of going to school full time while you're working, uh, um, just know that there are going to be some tough times and there are going to be times where you're going to be tired. There are going to be times that you don't want to do this, you know, this thing that you have committed to doing. But um, if you stand up in, if you stand up in it, okay, in that stand up in the suck, embrace the suck, as we talked about a couple episodes ago, you know, the rewards can be amazing. So that's really all I have to say on the value added conversation. Listen, if you want have anything that you would like to see discussed on the show, please do write in to uh, uh, us at the anything about everything pod at gmail.com or feel free to message us on Instagram anything about everything pod on IG. And now let's move on to the you've got mail segment. Remember to submit your questions to anything about everything pod at gmail.com. That's anything about everything pod, all one word at gmail.com. Or feel free to hit us up on Instagram at anything about everything pod on IG. Also, feel free to hit me up on my personal page at Libra underscore IG on Instagram. And now let's get back to the show. You're, <laughs> you've got mail. All right, listen. So we have an update. We have an update. I'm so excited. It says, good morning. Good morning, lady. So I'm back with an update. It's your boy, Gold Link. <laughs> I think that's the name you gave me, LOL. Yes, yes, it was. Let me say congratulations on reaching a major milestone. Thank you. You're doing great. Keep that shit popping. So I sat down with my wife and had a chance, uh, had a nice discussion over our topic of polyamory. I told her how I felt about her actions and asked her where she sees us after all of our kids leave the house. Four years left, lady, I'm stoked. (laughs) I bet you are. I bet you are. She explained that besides the traveling we are prepared to do, She doesn't see anything beyond that. That made me upset because it gave off the impression that she wasn't thinking about our future. After a few more follow-up questions, she explained that she wasn't focused on anything at this point because of the area we are in. Long story short, we came to the consensus that we need to start gaining some experience with with a third person in our relationship and the pandemic is not a perfect situation to get to know other people. Thanks. I'll keep listening. Gold link. Hey, listening. Listen, gold link. Thank you for the update. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, you're first of all, you're right. A pandemic is not necessarily the the best um or the ideal conditions to get to know another person and bring them into your relationship or or your marriage, okay? Um also, uh I commend you for having this conversation with your wife. I know it is not an easy one to have. um, And I would like to commend both of you actually for even being adults enough to have this shit because let's be clear, most of us are not, (laughs) okay? Um, I tend to gravitate towards people who are um, very, very honest about, you know, their relationships and, um, you know, they they think about things in different ways. Like, you know, some some of my best friends um, have either practiced um, either polyamorous relationships or been in open relationships. And the conversations are definitely different. Um, they're more, in my opinion, realistic, you know, for them. Um, they understand that they have certain needs and desires that may not fit into what society views as what a relationship or a marriage should be. 
and they're willing to have those conversations and say, hey, listen, I'm fine with you uh, needing to do other things that are outside of our structure. You know, just tell me about it or be honest about it. You know, um, not everybody can do that. <laughs> okay. Not, a, and, a, and there's nothing wrong with you if you can't do that, but that's just the realization. That's just the real world. Not everybody is capable of that type of honesty. Not everybody can put their ego to the side and say, Hey, my partner might need this. I don't necessarily want them to need this, but they need this. It's not that they're going anywhere. Not really, but you know, I think it was Jill Scott that said, you know, my partner, he, he's like a, uh, what did she say? It's like a painter that needs to paint with a different brush on a different canvas. That's so for some people, that's what it is. Um, I, like I said, I commend you for having the conversations, um, in doing research for your, um, for this topic, I found myself on the chatty house <laughs> on the chat on, on, uh, on clubhouse. And there was a room full of, um, people of color, prim um, primarily African-Americans who were either in the kink space or the, uh, polyamorous space. And the conversations are just different. I introduced myself. I said, Hey, listen, I'm just here to listen and to learn. And they welcomed me <laughs> like, of course. And I was just listening and the conversations were definitely different. And when someone was out of pocket, they definitely checked them. Um, and I'll share this story because I feel like it's pertinent, right? To have a successful polyamorous relationship, I feel like especially both parties, the, the main, the main couple have to be very secure within their, about the position that they themselves hold with one another, right? That means the wife has to be very, very, very secure as to what her position is, what she means to you. The foundation has to be very, very strong. Okay. Um, and I wouldn't recommend bringing someone into that relationship who has an issue with the position that they hold. So the reason why I bring this up, there was a, there was a girl in there and she said, you know, I, well, I feel that, you know, I can sometimes I've been in uh, polyamorous relationships where I've been the third part person and the wife feels like her position is, is higher than mine. And, you know, I just feel like that's not right. And, and one of the other women in the group were, was like, no, she was right to feel that way. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's be clear your position. It, there is a hierarchical structure. Okay. It doesn't necessarily mean better. It's just a rank structure. You, she is next to him and you are not necessarily next to him in that way or next to her or whoever, right? You're, they have a foundation of marriage by design. There's, uh, you know, there, there's a, you're not going to be on the same level as her. And then she used this analogy. She's like, listen, this is how you know that there's a there's a hierarchy in place. If I, if you get cancer is he going to divorce her and give you his life insurance or his medical insurance so you can get care? Probably not, sis. <laughs> so listen, there is a hierarchy in place and you need to understand and respect that. So this is my advice to you, whoever it is that you decide to bring into your space. They need to understand that A, you're not rocking shit over here. Okay. Like, 
and I hate to see like sound like the other person is just dispendable and exposable, but that's kind of what it is. Like at the end of the day, y'all are husband and wife. You have kids together. You've, you know, traveled the world together. She's been with you through, you know, X, Y, and Z. So to think that this new person is just going to come in here and fuck shit up. Come on now. Like get that shit out your head. The new person has to have an attitude where they're like, I'm here to enhance. I'm here to bring a new energy and fun and love into the space for both parties. Um, and I, and it's, it's, an, it's important that it be for both parties. The reason why I say that is because there are some women that will try to, they'll try to get into your space and they'll set themselves up, they'll, you know, try to pull off an, an aura of being poly or being bisexual or whatever. But in reality, all they were trying to do was get next to the man. No, she needs to understand that, Hey, if you want to fuck with him, you're going to have to fuck with me too. <laughs> okay. So it, you know, there are some, I feel like there are some ground rules that must be set for the other person that's coming into the space as well. So, um, please do send us another update. Um, I love your, uh, love the whole vibe that you and your wife are on gold link sounds amazing. <laughs> so with that being said, let's move on to actually the first question of the, you've got mail segment. Okay. So the first question, he says, after weeks of listening, I finally decided to write in, I've heard your, re- I've heard you reference being a submissive quite a few times. And I'm just curious, how do you know? The reason why I ask is because. I'm beginning to think my girlfriend might be a submissive or or that she just has submissive tendencies. She has made references to movies such as Fifty Shades of Grey and The Secretary multiple times. And I've caught her masturbating to BDSM porn many times. Okay. (laughs) Um, I'm not sure how I feel about her sexual habits and needs. I really haven't even taken the time to dissect how I feel about her wanting or needing experiences that are so extreme. Why would any modern woman want to be dominated or controlled by anyone? I don't mean to come off as being judgmental, but I'm genuinely curious. Keep up the great work. Let me see if you a student um, Documentation. All right. All right, documentation. <laughs> All right, listen, listen. Is your girlfriend a submissive? I don't fucking know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I, does she have submissive tendencies? I don't know. Only you can answer that. And to be honest with you, just because she has submissive tendencies doesn't even mean that she would submit to you um, because not everybody garners that type of response out of us. Um, and I feel like that is true for the majority of the submissives that I know and that I've talked to um, on various times, right? Um, <sighs> goodness. I'll say this, just because someone enjoys BDSM porn doesn't make them submissive, okay? That's like saying, oh my God, this person loves Dateline NBC, they must be a serial killer. Like, no, they just love finding out like like the case details and shit like that. Like it has nothing to do, one might not have anything to do with the other. Also, what we like in our fantasy life versus what we like in real life, sometimes them shits do not meet up. Okay. Um, has she, if she's made reference to things like 50 shades of gray or the secretary, I mean, look, there's a lot of art forms or a lot of artwork out there that 
you know, has BDSM uh, culture influence within it. Okay. Perfect example. S&M by Rihanna. <laughs> I mean, literally the fucking song is S&M. And if you look at the video, I mean, it's, it's basically a fucking BDSM scene. Like the, it's just a pink one. <laughs> okay. Uh, look at what was the other one? Haunted by Beyonce. Inc- like that was basically a sex party. <laughs> okay. It, it just literally. Um, there are a lot of like I said before, there's a lot of art that has BDSM culture influence within it. Okay. Doesn't mean that just because you enjoy the art doesn't mean that you necessarily want to participate in it. Okay. She's made certain references to, to movies like 50 shades and the secretary. Okay. Maybe she's just interested in that facet of herself or, um, interested in, you know, some of the, the acts that took place in those movies, like the spankings and the, uh, you know, the, the, what's called the Yoni balls and all that kind of stuff. Maybe she's interested in that sort of stuff being, being blindfolded and handcuffed, whatever. She could be interested in that. Doesn't make her submissive. When you are a submissive, that's different. That's very different. We're talking about handing over your power to someone. And the reason why I say it's different is a lot of people, a lot of women don't even want to acknowledge their own power sexually in the first place. So you have to acknowledge it first, take agency over your body and then say, Hey, listen, I trust you enough to hand you the keys to this car. You can't do that with everybody. And everybody is not capable of doing that. Okay. Um, the, 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 just like with a polyamorous relationship, the conversations that happen between a dominant and a submissive are different. They're, they're totally different. They're, there's much more depth there. Okay. It has to be because you could fuck somebody's head up really bad, <laughs> like easily, because these are, these are intense situations that you're, that you're choosing to enter into. Some of them, some of them could be triggering. Some of them could be, unintentionally harmful. Um, you know, there are some people that are dealing with some real sexual trauma out there. And if you don't know that about your partner, you're not going to know if you're actually doing damage to them. Um, I knew a submissive that, you know, through her submission, she was able to take back her agency because, you know, she had suffered, uh, sexual trauma in the past. She was, uh, molested and raped by her, um, by her stepfather. And as a result, every time something sexual would happen, you know, she, it would take her back to that place. Even if she liked the sensations that she was feeling over her body, um, mentally she was in turmoil. Right. And so through her submission to her dominant, she was actually able to heal from that sexual trauma. He was able to help break that mental connection that she had between an event that took place or events that took place that were traumatic and harmful versus what your body is naturally designed to do, which is when it is stimulated in certain areas, it's supposed to feel good. Okay. So, um, that's, I feel like a lot of people miss that through submission, you know, 
a submissive doesn't being submissive to somebody doesn't mean you're a fucking wimp. In, in fact, evident all evidence to the contrary. You know that you're powerful. You know that you're strong. You know that you have this agency over you. You know that you are a sexual being and that you have this, you know, power and this fire inside of you and you want to surrender that to someone who who can not only enjoy it but cultivate it, culture it, grow it. That's the power of submission to a dominant who knows what the fuck he's doing. And most of them don't. <laughs> so a lot of them don't. So, you know, but a true dominant can can really break some mental and emotional and sexual uh, bondage that has been placed on that particular woman. But anyway, or, uh, or that person, because not every uh, submissive is a woman. So anyways. That's probably why. So it, to answer your question, why would any woman want to be uh, dominated or controlled? That's, that's why. Okay. Um, also, there are some of us, and I'll, I'll, I'll put myself in here. My brain never shuts off. Okay. Never. It, it doesn't, even in my sleep, it doesn't shut off. This is why my back is fucked up now. Okay. Because my brain just does not stop. It's nice to be able to hand somebody the keys and just say, go. Do what you do. Okay. It's nice to be able to give that control over and just say, okay, I trust you with this, that level of vulnerability. And not everybody gets that. Okay. Not everybody gets, gets the keys to the castle. Not everybody gets the keys to the road or to, or to the range or to the lamb. You know what I mean? Like not everybody, not everybody is worthy of that. So, you know, I feel submission is a gift. It's not, it, I don't think it's something that should be looked at in, uh, as a form of weakness, really. It's a form of strength. Um, I actually identify as an alpha submissive. I know I'm an alpha female. And for me to submit to you, you got to be a strong motherfucker. <laughs> okay. That's just, that's just that on that. So anyways, um, I think you should have a conversation with her. I think that, you know, obviously she's taken some interest into, you know, some of the things that have BDSM undertones doesn't mean that she necessarily wants to, you know, submit 24 seven and be in a whole power exchange. No, it just means that maybe visually she finds this appealing. So you said that you don't know how you feel about her wanting or needing something extreme. Why would you feel anything? Because really she hasn't come to you and say, Hey, I want this, <laughs> you know what I mean? Or, you know, that she wants to be uh, dominated by you. She's never said that. So, I mean, if she hasn't said that, then why would you feel anything? And if she has said that, understand that what she is saying is, I trust you. I trust you more than I've probably trusted a lot of people in my life. That's what she's saying. If she, if she says that, but if she doesn't, eh, she probably doesn't, she just doesn't want that, you know, for her, for herself or for her life. So, that's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> all right. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, please do write back and let us know how it goes with your girlfriend. I'm super, super, super interested to learn, you know, um, how she feels about, you know, that topic. Okay. Because, you know, and also who's to say that she's even thinking about being the submissive person. Maybe she's thinking about being a dominant person. You ever think about that? <laughs> okay, so, um, you know, there's a whole nother side to that shit. You know, maybe she's thinking you're submissive. You never, you might not even know. <laughs> so, 
Um, with that being said, listen, write us back. Let us know um, how how uh, <laughs> how that conversation goes. Cause I'm dying to know. All right. Um, all right. So moving on, we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and and surge to the end of the show. The wine about it segment. It's gonna be a doozy. All right. We'll be back in just one minute. All right. It's that time. Time for somebody to get cussed out. <laughs> Listen, this is the second time I'm going to have to come out, come in here and read an HR professional for Phil's. We really need to figure this out. We do. Who the fuck is HR for HR? Because I've seen, I've been seeing, I've just noticed a lot of trash HR professionals. Okay. This one I don't know, but she's still, for, for putting this video out, she trash as fuck. So I'm going to just go ahead and read her anyway. Um, I saw a TikTok video where a person who she said she was an HR professional, interesting. Basically, she was trying to give tips, you know, for basically how how to land the land that job, how land that salary job, right? And she said, um, you know, if you got a hood sounding name, you know, just know we're judging you. Yeah, yeah, we are. We're judging you. Okay, so what you what you should do is, you know, lead with your middle name. Okay, put your put your first initial and then your middle name on your resume, and then you know then you'll get a call back and then you know then you can go from there. Bitch, if I didn't listen, sis, you just admitted to being not only complicit but being a perpetrator of unconscious bias. Actually, it's conscious because you're doing it like consciously. Um, what you just said was, hey, listen, fuck your experience. Fuck your education. Your name that was given to you at birth, okay, that's what we're going to judge you on. Doesn't that fucking sound like racism right there to you? Like, and mind you, this is, I mean, this is similar to racism and, and, the, and the fact that you're judging me on something that I was not in control of. I wasn't controlling, you know, <laughs> we're not in control of what our parents name us, you dumb broad. Mind you, this is a woman of color that's saying this shit with the snuffleupagus eyelashes on. What? Come on now. Like, are you serious right now? You've got to be kidding me. You, as a woman of color, in the year of our Lord, 2021, on Beyonce's fucking internet. You got on Beyonce's internet and said, listen, if you got a hood sound in the name, yeah, just know the, the people in HR, yes, we're judging you. Bitch. Now, what you should have said, this is what you should have said, sis. Not on this TikTok video, because you never should have made this bullshit. What you should have done is when someone with a unique sounding name or an eth a unique sounding name, something that's out of the norm, when they, when you see a, a resume come across your desk with that sounding name and you hear somebody snicker in the background, oh, <laughs> oh, that's a Shaniqua. Um, what you should say is, yes, but guess what? Shaniqua has, um, she's got her master's in accounting. She's a CPA and, you know, she's uh, also a member of uh, Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. Sis has got her shit together. That's what you should have done, sis. Not judge her because her name is unique. You're ridiculous. After all the after all the training that we've had to go through, okay, of, you know, not judging people, unconscious bias, conscious bias, halo effect, all these different concepts of, you know, judging people based upon something that was is not based in merit, 
Okay. They haven't done anything. You don't know this person, but yet you sit on your throne in HR and say, Oh, Shaniqua, nice try, sis. Really? Really? You as a woman of color, how dare you? You should know better. If anything, like I just said, you should be the one who is making sure that our people, that making sure that people of color, specifically other black women, get the opportunities that they've worked so hard, you know, to, uh, to get. You should make sure that sis actually, you know, because she, if she has the education, if she has the experience, she checks the, all the boxes, her resume is strong. And the only thing that you got something negative to say about is her fucking name. And you, that's what you want to go to. And oh, oh, I'm just going to bypass her because you know, her name is Shaniqua girl, you are trash for this. And the thing, and the sad thing is you thought you were doing something. You, th you thought you were doing a, doing the girls a solid, which what you were really doing was showing that you are not really uh, in it for, you know, the right reasons, which, which is, you know, to help us get to equality within the professional spaces. That's what you should be focusing on. Like to me as a woman of color, come on now. Like you should want to see other pe people in general, but you especially see your own succeed. And if they've worked hard, now, and I'm not saying like give them a pass or give them a leg up specifically because they're black or because they're, you know, Hispanic or, or Asian or anything like that. What I'm saying is this person's resume stacks up against this person's resume. Give them the opportunity to interview for the fucking job. That's what I'm saying. But no, what you want to do, you want to say, oh, her name is Shaniqua. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to give her a call back. Girl you trash for this and I hope I hope the rest of the internet gets you together like I just did because it, this is bullshit is what it is you don't even realize you might, maybe you realize now but what you don't realize is what you're thinking no better than the fucking you know Caucasians that do us the same way you and them snuffing up against eyelashes ridiculous absolutely fucking ridiculous bitch and I hope you get red for filth multiple times. I already saw one video reading you for filth. I hope somebody else makes another one. So anyways, listen, that's all I got on that topic. I just had to go off about that because I'm, I see resumes all the time because eh, it's part of my job. Um, never am I looking at somebody's name and I'm like, oh, I'm just not going to call them back because you know, they got, you know, that name sounds a little bit hood. What? Come on. Like, I might judge you if you don't have a resume. Like, that's what I'm judging you. Like, cause I'm like, do you really want this job or not? Nah? But if you have a resume, you got, you know, you got your, your education on there, your experience, your background, you know, maybe even special interests, you know, groups or whatever. Come on. Like you can't, it, it, it really, it, it sickened me to my core to see an HR professional admitting to denying people opportunities based upon their name something that they can't they can't control something that you know was given to them at birth so you trash <laughs> and with that being said let's wrap up the show all right we made it <laughs> to the end of the show i know this was a long one but listen thank you for rocking with me Thank you for vibing with me, okay? Hey. You know I had to end the show on a high note. Let's start the week off right. Spring is here, 
officially. I'm about to have my legs out. <laughs> Listen, join us next Sunday for another episode of the Anything About Everything podcast. Listen, I appreciate all y'all. Remember to love each other. Remember to grow together. Um, remember to keep learning. Lifelong learners stand up. And <laughs> Listen, it's all about the questions. Y'all know the questions. If it's not adding value to our lives, then why are we doing it? And if we are not adding value to someone else's life, then why are we there? Now, value can come in many different forms. And I'm not saying that we should be self-serving. But just be choosy, selective on who you let in your space because not everybody is worthy alright with that being said we'll see you next week this is Gold Link with Joke Ting off of the Diaspora album yo this album was fire if you're not if you're not up on it get into it alright we'll see you next week y'all peace